Welcome to Mind Your Own Revisions, a podcast about mental health and burnout in academia for all academics around the world and at every level. I'm Özgün Ünver, a social scientist with a PhD. Having struggled with mental health issues throughout my academic career, it is now my mission to inspire other academics to lift the stigma around mental health. Let's recover together. Hello everyone! Welcome to the second episode of Mind Your Own Revisions. By the time I'm recording this episode, I've received so much positive feedback about this initiative that I'm both humbled and encouraged. So thank you so much for supporting me in this endeavor. Though I have two requests from everyone who is listening. First, please share this podcast with the people who you think could be interested. Please help me get the word out there and reach more people with my message. Sharing is caring, you know. Second, don't be shy and connect with me. Feel free to share your story, give your opinion about any of the things discussed or could be discussed in this podcast. Together we are stronger. Today I'd like to talk about the vicious cycle of silence and stigma around mental health. It is 2020 and mental health is still a big taboo in the Western societies. For many people, quote-unquote, having to go to a psychologist or therapist is a nightmare of an idea. Even when people have mental health issues that have a major impact on their lives and are referred to mental health professionals, they keep their diagnosis and treatment a secret for a long time. Let alone colleagues, people keep their mental health struggles even from their families and closest friends. Of course, I'm not discussing privacy here. Nobody is obliged to tell anyone everything. But when we are hurting inside and feeling desperate for some connection and support, keeping our struggles within us is the opposite of what will help us overcome such distressing times. And this was also me several years ago. I would also secretly go to my therapist during a lunch break and come back to the office sometimes completely drained and with red and swollen eyes. Because, as some of you may know, therapy is difficult. It does reveal the veil on certain things we want to ignore. As a result, it can make you cry and there are times that you are unable to concentrate the rest of the day after a therapy session. But yeah, it's also something that needs to be done to go through and beyond our problems. Anyways, coming back to the topic, even when we quote-unquote, have to go to the therapist, many of us do it secretly. Some of us have the courage to talk about this with our friends and family, but talking about it in the workplace is almost unheard of. I don't remember anyone having brought up this subject with me on their own. Though I do remember meeting some brave souls who also unveiled the fact that they were also mentally struggling after I opened up to them regarding my own issues. When we look at the discourse level, mental health issues are acknowledged in the 21st century. Many people talk about the hashtag mental health awareness on social media, for instance. 
I also hear that many companies try to be more attentive to the well-being of their employees, including their mental health. However, when we look at what is going on in reality, many of these so-called hashtag talk don't really hit home because they stay at the discourse level. We are still very scared of really talking about mental health, especially from a personal standpoint. We talk about it in a depersonalized manner, even though, according to the numbers reported by the World Health Organization globally, more than 264 million people of all ages suffer from depression. More than 970 million people struggle with any type of mental disorder, including depressive, anxiety, eating, bipolar and autism spectrum disorders, and more. A little disclaimer here, we're not discussing what mental disorders are and are not in this podcast, so I'm just giving you the numbers reported by the World Health Organization. So, I wasn't lazy and I calculated. According to these numbers, 13% of the world population has had mental disorders in 2017. That is more than 1 in 10 people. And what did we say last week? Almost one third of university students and academics suffer from mental health conditions about three times the amount reported globally for mental disorders. Now, my question is, in your daily life, when you see or meet people in person, when you scroll through all of that content on social media, how many times have you ever witnessed someone talking about their state of mental health? According to these numbers, at least one in 10 people you have ever come across have mental health problems. The number is one in three in our workplaces, which are the academic institutions. So where are these people? Who are these people? In my personal journey of living with chronic depression with a side dish of anxiety, I have experienced two major barriers that prevented me from talking about my mental health struggles. One is my own thoughts and beliefs about having mental health issues and the other is the feedback I receive from other people when I disclose my problems. In this week's episode, I'd like to explore the first one with you further, which is our individual thoughts, feelings and beliefs around mental health, the reasons why we keep silent, the reasons that relate to ourselves. Our individual thoughts, feelings and beliefs that prevent us from talking openly about our mental health problems and keep us silent are mostly fear-based. We are still very much afraid of mental health problems. This fear often causes us to ignore mental health issues when they arise. Believe me, let alone talking openly about having it, many people don't even want to accept that they have mental health problems. No matter how much we campaign for mental health awareness, the prospect of having a mental illness scares us deeply. Depending on our beliefs, we may even label one kind of mental illness as more preferable over another. If we have to have one, you know. 
in our minds, we may have this hierarchy of mental illnesses from quote-unquote mild to more serious ones. However, any and every mental health illness may lead to dire consequences. Let's take depression. I'm giving this example because I'm assuming that many of the listeners of this podcast are acquainted with it one way or another. And unfortunately, in today's society, having clinical depression is almost normal. But before normalizing depression as something that many people have, stop and think for a second. Depression is one of the leading reasons of disability worldwide. And it's a major contributor to the overall global burden of disease. According to the numbers reported by the World Health Organization, in 2017 alone, more than 43 million years were lost worldwide due to the disability caused by depression. A person who is struggling with depressive disorder is unable to function to varying degrees. You may be in a state where you cannot function at all, or in a subpar state of dysthymia for years and somehow survive. Depression is also a major cause of self-harm. A depressed person could be so trapped in their own head and it becomes so painful that they may resort to self-harm. When you look at it from this perspective, depression is definitely not something that can be allowed to be quote-unquote normal or a common thing. Another reason we fear mental illness is that it is so easy to confuse the symptoms of mental health conditions with quote-unquote character defects. Lazy, irresponsible, aggressive, weak, weird, stupid, asocial, drama queen, crazy, the list goes on. Many people with mental health issues are labeled every day and this feeds into their mental struggles. As we hear such labels from people around us, we also start to believe them. Again, let's look at depression. It is so easy to confuse the symptoms of depression with so-called character flaws such as laziness, weakness, irresponsibility and so on. Many people with eating disorders and or substance abuse disorders are also labeled as lacking self-control or willpower. And the sadder thing is, we label ourselves negatively while struggling mentally and emotionally. Even when we don't get such reactions from our immediate circle, we give ourselves a harder time for having mental health problems. Basically, we keep putting gasoline on fire However, just like physical diseases, mental health disorders are not something that we choose to have and they don't just go away through wishful thinking or just saying, go away. They may be a result of complex workings of environmental stress, genetic factors, biochemical imbalances, trauma and so on. So you should be ashamed of having a mental health condition as much as you're ashamed of wearing glasses, basically. I recently discovered a website called the Academic Mental Health Collective. I think they're not functional anymore as their email doesn't work. And their last post was about two years ago. 
but they have great content. And one of the things that they talk about in an article called The Stigma on Mental Health Issues, written by Dr. Jorik Peterse, they mention the difficulty of diagnosing mental health disorders and their relationship to biological factors. In his article, Peterse connects the persistent stigma around mental health issues with the mind-body dichotomy we have created in the Western philosophy and medicine, as well as the invisible nature of mental states. However, he adds that now we know much more about the brain and our neurobiology, so much so that we can actually see, actually observe the changes in the brain when we are faced with mental illness. Think about it. What if our mental and emotional struggles were symptoms of biological and neurological workings that actually can be observed? I will link this article I'm talking about in the webpage of the second episode of Mind Your Own Revisions. It's a great read. I recommend it to everyone. Just like Peterse says, the difficulty of diagnosing mental health disorders gives us this uncertain and uneasy feeling. Diagnosis is often a lengthy and difficult procedure. Moreover, something else Peterse mentioned in his article Different psychologists or psychiatrists may diagnose us with different conditions. As a person suffering from mood disorders, every time I went to a new mental health professional, I had to go through the diagnosis period again, where it was checked over and over, whether it was depression or bipolar disorder or something else. Mental health illnesses are pretty tricky and may manifest differently for each one of us suffering from them. My depression is different from my friend's depression, for instance. Sometimes some people don't have some of the typical symptoms outlined in textbooks or DSM. All of this creates an enormous amount of confusion. Personally, I also tried to diagnose myself for years. At some point, I was so obsessed with it that every time I went to my psychotherapist, I was presenting him with another potential condition that I might be having. At that time, he managed to convince me to look beyond diagnoses. However, the diagnostic analysis paralysis did strike again and again, also after that, as I went to new mental health professionals. Last but not the least, I want to talk about the negative effect mental illnesses may have on our lives and careers. In terms of the fear of not being accepted, the fear of being judged, the fear of being isolated. In our careers, we are afraid that we won't be hired for some jobs or won't have a certain type of work contract or not being given certain responsibilities because of the possibility of coming across as weak, unreliable, unstable, and so on. Do you see how this goes hand in hand with the fact that the symptoms of mental health problems are perceived as character defects or character flaws that I talked about earlier? You see, my aim for today's episode was to talk about all the things that prevent us from talking about our mental health that come from ourselves. However, all of these false beliefs and fears are not only individual but also societal. I will elaborate on this further next week while exploring further 
the kinds of feedback and reactions that we get from others around us when we talk about our mental health. Before I close this episode, I suggest the following thought exercise for you. If you have had mental health issues yourself, especially if they were somewhat related to your academic work, were you able to talk about it? If you did talk about it, what was the reaction? If you didn't, why was that? And if you never had such struggles, have you ever had a colleague who talked about their mental health problems openly in the workplace? What was the reaction they received? Please do get in touch and share your thoughts with me. I hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, please start following Mind Your Own Revisions on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your academic friends about this podcast. What are your thoughts about today's topic? I would love to hear from you. Until next time, bye!